Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Series 6, episode 3. I'm your host, Jazz Wilson, and I have a little treat for you today. Have a guest. So, interview Jazz. Take it away. I know. I know. What an absolute treat. And a guest he is. My guest today is not only the runner of Siege Theatre Company and also the host of Amateur Theatre Podcast. He is my friend and yours, Michael Spate. Hello, Michael. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> that was a very upbeat <laughs> intro. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I like yeah. it. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, I, um, I'll I'll cut that bit out and I'll just I'll just send that to you and you can. Yeah, just, I just play use it. it on the front of my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> sure, of course, of course you can. Yeah, or just play it to people when you meet them in the street. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> as I walk down the street, as I advance towards people, I'll have it playing so they know. This is yeah. This is me. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Good. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. All the better for speaking to you. <laughs> Excellent. So, Michael, let's dive straight in and get to some questions, because it's been a long time since we've had a guest. So let's get in. You run Amateur Theatre Podcast. What inspired you to start that podcast for Andram? So basically, I had a little think about this when I um, was doing my normal theatre practice of kind of putting on shows and I was searching for info to try and develop my knowledge as a as a director and I've never been to drama school or anything like that and I felt like I was kind of just learning on the job and trying in my spare time to sort of skim read various things and pick up information and a lot of it was kind of geared towards the professional and the person that's kind of either been through drama school or just coming out of drama school and wants to kind of pick up some additional knowledge or refine their learning. There was not much out there specifically tailored to the amateur theatre community. And I'm not, I'm not really sure it needed to be sort of tailored too much other than have specific sort of undertones and understandings of how people were operating within the amateur world. So, you know, you haven't got 40 hours a week to sit and learn and study and kind of you're not living it every day you're not going out there to earn your money through acting you've got a small window of opportunity to kind of pick up new knowledge and you've got a small window of opportunity to, to take part in shows each year and so I wanted to try and find a medium through which people could learn some new things enjoy a bit of a chat and kind of come out the other side thinking okay that didn't take any effort at all but I've just picked up this little nugget of information from that one podcast while I was running or while I was going to work. So it felt like the, the natural medium through which to kind of present the information to people so that they could learn more stuff, develop their skills without, you know, having to put too much time or effort into it. Fair enough. Very good. Basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but. Look, look, it's. As we both know, going from the the same angle and and the stress and strains you get of amateur theatre, like you say, you don't get forty hours a week to to be rehearsing and and learning lines. Kind of the people that are part of the productions, 
are in full-time work they're doing exactly. this on the side they're going to rehearsals some of them one night a week some two nights some some have full day rehearsals depending on what the society does um and then having to learn lines as and when you can exactly around everything else your your life basically so yeah it's good it's good to know that um Michael, apart from um, amateur theatre podcast going to the moon, what are your <laughs> what is your big life ambition? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> I it, it does. St- I mean, again, big life ambition. Um, I'm getting to that point where I've done a few things and had a few experiences, and and now I'm kind of trying to work out where I'd like to focus my energy and time where it's not being given over to someone else so I think my big life ambition is to try and pursue something that means I can kind of operate off my own back and not have to worry about dealing with a, a manager that's telling me what to do or a, a whole load of staff that want my time and energy and I can kind of devote it to something that I specifically have a passion for so I guess I guess the the straight answer would be trying to find a way of turning this venture into something that involves direct contact with some actors so maybe some sort of training thing where I can you know set aside some time and a space go get a little studio venue or something so we can put on a few little theatres I mean that would be the the ideal kind of close out of a of my theatre career would be to have a venue and be doing some on-site training with with kind of productions that feed off that I guess how big an ambition that is or not I don't know you know I don't need shows in the west end but (laughs) no it sounds big enough to me I mean like (laughs) It's just the next step. Like, what's next? Like you say, we're we're not getting any younger, and kind of, you know, our cameras aren't on. Want to move on? Yeah. I've got some wrinkles on there. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's why we do an audio format, Michael. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was always told I got a face of radio, so you know. <laughs> no, oh, I mean that sounds awesome. That sounds really good really really good especially the the training side of it so actors you mean for amdram productions or professional productions? yeah I, no yeah i think keep it within the amdram world i guess it's, without sounding too kind of ponce it would be nice to pay back a little bit you know i've had 10 15 years in that world since leaving kind of middle management and i've had a lot of good people help me out in a lot of ways and i've had a lot of luck you know touch with it continues in terms of staying alive as a as an amateur company and putting on shows so I guess I just like the idea of of having some people come through who you know really can't afford to do drama school or can't afford to commit to a a life of you know an actor but Mm -hmm. still really have a passion for it so I I guess yeah amateur theater actors directors even you know the producers or other, other sort of sound lighting all that sort of stuff just coming coming through and having you know, a few really clear, concise bits of learning that we can disseminate in a in a format that suits their lifestyles would be, yeah, really good, I think. Awesome. Awesome. And that, I like that, giving back. That's really nice. That is a <laughs> humbling <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> no, um, I'm not, look, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't put me on a pedestal. I'll knock myself down <laughs> soon enough, so... Don't put me up there. I promise it's not a good place for me to be. Not at all. Not at all. Why not? Why not some self-praise? Um, Michael, obviously, Amdram is a massive part of your life, but do you have any other hobbies or interests outside of that? 
Do kids count? I don't know if they count. I think if you talk to any parents who have got two, a couple of kids that are kind of like between the ages of five and 10, I think that's where your hobbies end up lying. I, mean, I used to play a lot of sport. I used to do a, a, you know, a few things outside of work, um, much of which is, and this is not a, me playing my little violin, but fallen by the wayside because I have two very active children who, whose calendars are very much fuller than mine is at the moment so basically I think I still play a bit of sport and do a few things but um yeah I derive a lot of my pleasure from watching my boy my boy play football and things like that so I guess that's again hobby hobbies maybe not but interests that kind of ticks that box of course yeah and they take up a lot of your time um as we were talking before we started recording god bless them (laughs) yeah um what sports you play football uh yeah football and cricket basically uh, I know when I played a bit of rugby when I was younger, but um, and cricket's one of those weird ones where you stand in the field all day. It's not great for <laughs> leaving your kids or your part. Yeah, leave your kids or your partner at home. Yeah, well, you know, ninety minutes on a pitch is kind of all right, but six hours is probably taking the mick a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you find that some people uh, start nodding off after a little while. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> very good, very good. So, Michael, like you say, uh, whether it's true or not, nobody will ever know. You're saying you have wrinkles. So you must have been a, around a, a while. Have you met anyone <laughs> famous? Uh, and if so, any any fun stories? I, <laughs> yeah, so I used to run a, a, a venue in Oxford. I used to be deputy, deputy manager of another venue. Um, I'm one of the bigger theatres in the city. And we did, it, it played host to a fair number of kind of musical acts comedy acts and quite a lot of musicals actually as it happens but the the yeah the stories i don't know i've met i've met a few a few quite famous famous people i kind of like the ones where either they're as nice as you expect them to be or they're completely the the opposite so i I think i met brian adams once and he was not a nice fella certainly not yeah weirdly i know because he's he basically no it's a weird story but he I was in a, three people met him at stage door, two quite attractive young ladies and myself. And I don't think he looked at me once and certainly didn't speak to me once. And that even with me asking questions, there, there was a complete blanking of me. So that's, that was weird. Um, and I had, uh, who else? Oh, I had Alexander Armstrong in doing, I don't know what he was doing. I think he was touring with a couple of comedians, I believe. And I, we, we used to deliver them um kind of like local produce as on their arrival we used to kind of give them them in their dressing room like a few little bits from oxford and oxfordshire surrounding area just like as a welcome to the theater kind of thing nice and i i stood outside his door for about five minutes having knocked and him him saying wait 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 i was like okay i'll wait i'll wait i was waiting going oh my god so i knocked again and he said something else. I was like, oh, cool. That must be come in. Opened the door, walked in. He stood there in his pants. I was like, oh, sorry. Here's your, here's your basket of cheese and tea. I'll see you later. <laughs> so I've seen Alexander Armstrong in his pants, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. But I felt that felt pretty bad. <laughs> I didn't go backstage much that night, I tell you. No, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's something to uh, tell the kids about. When they're older. Yeah. <laughs> See that guy on Pointless? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've seen him in his pants. <laughs> yeah, that's why he stood behind that podium. He's just yeah, yeah. 
there in his hands. <laughs> that might have been it. Maybe he never wears trousers. I just didn't realise. Maybe. Maybe it's yeah. his thing. <laughs> I mean, he didn't look that embarrassed, to be fair. He was just, he, you know. Everyone's got a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fair enough. Well, Alexandra Armstrong in his pants. I know what the title of this episode is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, funny. Um, so, Michael, with running uh, an Amdram Society, if there was anyone who wanted to get into acting or into Amdrama as a stepping stone towards, say, drama school or um, anything like that, um, what would you say to someone? What advice would you give them? Advice? I, there's a few, I mean, there's a lot of Hopefully I've got a few answers to this question because that's what my podcast is about. But if I had to quickly <laughs> throw some out there, um, I guess from an actor's perspective, there's a few core things that when I'm directing a show, I like to see. And I, 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 from the people I have interviewed, it does feel like there's a kind of a consensus on ideas. And it's like, it's weirdly, it's not specifically show me how amazing an actor you are. Obviously that is a big help. But there's a lot of stuff that you can teach an actor throughout a production. So I guess stuff like knowing how to sort of display the truth of a character. So being able to manipulate a text and understand what the character is and where they come from, what their background is, and how the story of the play has impacted them. So that's the kind of characterization stuff. And then from an actor perspective, stuff like just learn to be vulnerable, learn to be flexible. And they're two like throwaway words, but in terms of like their, the use of them within rehearsal rooms and, and on stage, you know, if, if you as an actor can actually just understand that opening yourself up to either being silly or making mistakes or presenting a really raw part of you that you might be shying away from, it, you know, it will come out on stage as an a lot more authentic sort of representation of the character. And you will get a lot more out of rehearsals working with other actors and directors because you just are open to, to giving so much more and trying so much more that you, you, you achieve so much more by doing that. So I guess, you know, those sort of things are a bit ethereal, maybe a bit personal to, to each individual actor. But, you know, if, if people have a think about those things before the audition or before they start rehearsals, it will, stead, it will stand them in good stead for kind of getting on well in amateur theatre. Good, good. That is some good, solid advice there. I like that. I like be that on time. <laughs> I'm really poor. I'm, I'm the worst. You will know because I missed our pre-chat meeting. But <laughs> <laughs> auditions and, oh, sorry, rehearsals are normally quite short-lived affairs. You know, you get mm -hmm. two hours with a group of people. So I guess, yeah, timekeeping yeah. is great and learn your lines sharp ready yeah i'm i'm terrible at learning lines anyone who's worked with me in a production i just i just struggled to get them all in there it's a lot a lot of words for me to cram <laughs> in my brain with everything else going on so <laughs> but it gets there it gets there eventually like yeah we get to show night and if not <laughs> my improv is good enough to cover all bases you've learned to be really good at improv yeah <laughs> yeah it just comes naturally somehow um yeah <laughs> um to the point where well, I'll save that story for another day um, <laughs> about Macbeth. So, um, <laughs> Michael. I'll make sure I bring it up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask me about Macbeth. Yeah, um, you will laugh, I promise. Um, 
Michael, <laughs> I am conscious that I'm taking up your time. So just one last question for you that I did not send through that I ask all guests that come on an interview with us because I like to get the spur of the moment reaction and uh, answer from them. So the question is, if your life was a made up musical, what would it be called and why? <laughs> I think my, my initial response in my head was, oh, dear God. So maybe we're going to call it, oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, dear God. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And probably because it, <laughs> yeah, it might just about represent all of my endeavors and how I approach them and the exasperation of trying to get things done in the manner that I try and do them. <laughs> there you are. That's the, <laughs> fair enough. Um, <laughs> that's 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 good enough as any um yeah we've had some crazy answers going going way <laughs> way back so yeah if you see any old episodes there's some there's some wacky answers on there so yeah i should have thought uh, yeah. more about it but I'll go without it. No, I there's like a good song there's a good song in there somewhere i'm sure yeah oh there definitely is <laughs> <laughs> i can hear it now <laughs> i won't sing it to you i won't put you through that pain no, okay. um <laughs> Michael, just the last thing I need you to do is tell our listeners, the Amdram fam, where you, they can find you and find your podcast. Yes, if they would like to head to, well, any of the normal podcasting apps, it will be on, but the website is uh, the is uk or .org. Both of those two will take you to the same place. Uh, the podcast's on there, the blog's on there. And like I say, if you if you want to use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it's also being hosted on both of those. So just search for Amateur Theatre Podcast and have a listen. Wonderful. Michael, thank you so much for today. It was great fun and it was nice to have a guest back in. I mean, <laughs> it's it, great it to be on. Be virtual, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, it's good fun. Wonderful. Michael, Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Take care and stay safe. See you later. And that is all we have time for in today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Michael, for being part of the show. And uh, please do go and support Amateur Theatre Podcast. Uh, go and check it out. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll be back in your ears again soon. Bye. Ah, at podcast.